Welcome to Catechesis, a digital outreach of First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange. Catechesis is Greek for teaching. That's precisely what we will do with this podcast. Take Christians back to their roots through spoken word and study. Here's your host, Pastor James Goodlett. Welcome to Catechesis, a production of Lewis and Broad Media. My name is James Goodlett. I'm one of the pastors here at First Presbyterian Church in LaGrange. We are Glad to have you all here, and we're going to dive right into the scripture of this week, which comes from the first chapter of Luke, verses 57 through 80. Now, last time we did this, we gave a a brief little introduction to Advent. So if you did not hear that, I would encourage you to listen to last week's episode. But just as a brief recap, Advent is the season of the church year. That immediately precedes Christmas time. It is it's really the beginning of our liturgical calendar year here in the Western Church. And there are four Sundays in Advent. And those Sundays mean different things to different churches, different people. Some people look at each Sunday as a Sunday of hope, faith, joy, or peace, or prophets, Bethlehem, shepherds, angels. I mean, there, there's so many ways you can do it. And sitting in the middle of that is the, the Christ candle, which is customarily lit on Christmas Eve. Or maybe some churches do it on Christmas morning, but it, it is a movement towards the arrival of Christ. And it also anticipates Christ's advent, Christ's arrival yet again. And so that's what this season is all about. It's about looking backwards, but also looking forwards. And so for the first Sunday of Advent this last week, we lit the candle of hope. And this week, we will be lighting the candle of peace. Peace. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent. Because I believe that when it comes to Scripture and when it comes to interpretation of Scripture and theology, none of that stuff is done in a vacuum. You have to be keenly aware of what's going on in the world, and I, I have to admit, I once again, once again, have been deeply disturbed by the events of the world. Oxford High School. Four people dead. Four teenagers dead. One of them, a star football player, rushed the shooter to try to save his classmates' lives. This is the situation, this is the reality in which our children and our children's children are currently living, in which we are all living, and it's not anything new. What made me so sad was when I saw the news the phrase school shooting, it didn't shock me anymore. That, that is a depressing reality. We live in a world and in a country where Oxford high schools fall in line with Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, with Sandy Hook, with Columbine. If you were just to simply wiki, school shootings, the list, the the length of that list is unbelievable. It is 
Dunning. This is the second Sunday of Advent, and it is a Sunday um, during which we are focusing on peace. Where is peace in that world? Let me, can I ask you that question? Where's peace? And, and where's peace in, in the political spectrum? Where is peace in Washington, D.C. from our leadership? All I see are people disagreeing and, I mean, this, this is a whole, we could go down this, we could go in this direction for a long, long time. Where, where's the peace when, when people like George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, on and on and on, when those situations, when people like that are shot and killed? Where is peace? Tell me, where is peace in our world? It, it is so easy to be jaded and cynical, and I have to admit, and I know I'm coming across this way, probably because I'm, that's where I am right now. I'm just going to be real with y'all. I'm, I'm cynical. Where is peace? This is what I'm bringing with me to worship this Sunday for this text. I, where is peace? Now, I'm not going to leave it there because I do believe in it. Ultimately, Advent centers around this message of light in the darkness. And I think we can concede that there is a lot of darkness, but there is light. And, and Advent is called to bring attention to that light. And we need that light so terribly. We need it so profoundly. We need that hope. We need that peace. We need Advent to remind us, to remind us that there is light in the darkness. And, and so for that, we go to our scripture. And it goes back to the beginning of Luke. So last week, we really focused on the end of Luke, right before Jesus' arrest. And he offered up this apocalyptic take on what it would look like his second advent, his second coming. But now we go back to the beginning. Luke chapter 1, verses 57 to 80. And what we're actually going to be focusing on this week is not so much the birth of Christ, but the birth of John the Baptist, that wild-eyed, wild-haired, wild-eaten prophet who lived out in the wilderness. We're talking about his birth. And like anything else, you need to know context. Verses 57 through 80, they don't quite capture everything that's going on. So I'm going to rewind just a little bit. And, and it's actually a very familiar theme, a very familiar story. If you remember, we, we focused on the birth of Samuel, the prophet, a few weeks ago and, and his mother, Hannah. And this story is in many ways very, very similar John the Baptist's mother, Elizabeth, she's unable to have children. Her husband, a priest named Zechariah, both of them were getting on in years. They were getting up there. So Zechariah goes into the temple one day to offer incense as an offering to the Lord. And when he gets into the temple, Gabriel, the angel, is sitting there, standing there. And Gabriel says to Zechariah, do not be afraid your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will name him John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. You'll be great in the sight of the Lord. And then in a way that's very reminiscent of the birth of Samuel, Gabriel says to Zechariah, he must never drink wine or strong drink 
Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Zachariah doubts for a second. He, he says to Gabriel, whoa, 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 just hold up. How will I know that this is so? I'm old and my wife's getting old. And Gabriel says, listen, I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But since you didn't believe me, Gabriel says, you will become mute. You will be unable to speak until the day these things occur. Now, I did ask where peace is for you. Maybe you have a spouse. I can imagine maybe peace for my wife would be if I were rendered unable to speak for quite a long time. That might be peace, folks. There's your peace. But at any rate, Zechariah can't speak. And so then we kind of zoom through the rest of the chapter. There's a brief interlude in the story of John's birth. There's a story about Mary and when she's told that she will be having a child and then Mary visits Elizabeth and, and the child, uh, Elizabeth's child, John, leaps in her womb and it's, it's a lovely passage. I would encourage you to read the whole of the chapter, uh, opening chapter of Luke. It's 80 verses long. But then we zoom forward to the birth of John. And when that happens, at long last, Zachariah's tongue is freed. He's able to speak and he offers a prophecy. And the prophecy is, is, is really poetic. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably upon his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, which is really interesting because when he offers this prophecy, the first thing that he says isn't so much about the birth of his own son, but the birth of somebody else's, the mighty Savior. But at any rate, he, he continues with this poem, and then he gets to talking about his own son, John, and says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. And this is, this is the key, at least for our purposes this Sunday. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. To guide our feet into the way of peace. That is Advent. That is what we people of the church are called to do. We are called to do exactly as John did, to prepare the way and to anticipate the way of peace, to pray for it, to call upon it, to mandate it, to cry out for it. Now, if you're looking to this podcast for answers on how to do that, you're going to be sorely disappointed. There are no easy answers in a world of gunfire, Racism, cynicism, partisanism, division, all the things. And I have to admit that in such a world, to fight for peace, to long and strive for it, 
probably sounds fairly ridiculous. That's not our culture. But do you know what else was ridiculous, absurd, nonsensical in the eyes of the world? This whole opening chapter of Luke is absolutely nonsensical. The story of Elizabeth, the story of Zechariah, the story of Mary, the story of the births of both John and Jesus. Nonsense. We are a people of nonsense. But it doesn't change how we feel. It doesn't change what we do. It doesn't change what we believe and what we hope for. And so how can you as people of faith in your own place, in your homes, in your work, in your families, in your schools. How can you fight for the nonsensical ideals and realities of peace? Because that is exactly what we are called to do during Advent and during the whole of our lives. That is this week's catechesis. If you want to check out previous episodes of this podcast or any of our other podcasts, go to lewisandbroad.org or you can find us on any social media channel, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I hope you all have a hopeful and peace-filled week ahead. Thanks for joining us this week at Catechesis. Be sure to follow along on our websites, lewisandbroad.org and fpclagrange.org. See you next week.